when a company who is clear about what they stand for and what what matters to them and who communicates true to that core in an authentic manner then it's them who we look at but it's us who we see I'm Johnny Prest, and this is the Brand Master Flash Podcast. Your brand is your community. It's their instinctive connectedness with you in their hearts and minds. This podcast explores how to define and deliver a brand strategy that is true to who you really are. It will inspire your team, connect you with your customers, and make a positive difference. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. It's Johnny here. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you're having an absolutely awesome day. I've got a brilliant guest today. So about 20 years ago, I got into business. I started freelancing and then I set up my own company. And in that time, I can honestly say the, mo- the majority of business problems or issues or challenges that I see stems back to one core thing, and it's communications. When communications break down, it often results or has a ripple effect into lots of other things. So internally, it could be HR, or it could be finance or sales, or externally, things like marketing and our message and our communications. When this goes wrong, it has a huge effect on the rest of the business. So with that in mind, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Dr. Michael Gerhardt. And Michael is a specialist in communications and he's a specialist in storytelling. So he works internationally. He's based over in Germany. He's worked with Blackberry and Siemens and Johnson & Johnson. And he works with business leaders to find the core truth, to look into the organization and themselves and to find out the core message and the truth of who they are and who the business is. So we spoke about lots of different things. We talked about purpose, we talked about brand, we talked about obviously communications and the search for core truth. So here's Dr. Michael Gerhartz. Enjoy. Hi, Michael. It's uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, How are you today? I'm fine. It's great to be here, Johnny. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's a bit of a, a dull day here, actually. We've got grey skies outside, but I'm looking forward to the weekend. Got lots of things planned and uh, yeah, looking forward to a great week. But yeah, thank you for joining me today. Um, we we spoke last week, actually, didn't we? We, um, we've, we contacted each other. I'm really interested in the work that you're doing. I think it's fascinating. Uh, and we had a conversation and we kind of explored a few topics. For, that we could talk about today and one of the things that came about quite quickly is that you wanted to talk about honesty and truth and I got really excited because it's something that I'm really passionate about at the moment about honesty and, and finding the truth but why did why was that why did that come to your mind quite quickly and why do you care so much about this subject area yeah, well, well, it became pretty obvious fast that that these are things that that resonate with you very well, and from the work that you do, it becomes quite obvious. So, so but why why do I care about this? Well, probably in part because I have that strange background of coming from a research background. I'm actually a computer scientist, so it's sort of the most unlikely communications coach. Um, because computer scientists are often considered to be those pale guys who never see a ray of sunlight and run away screaming when somebody talks to them. Um, but, um, but, but what it did for me that that the background is that I really, really that I'm really interested in in finding how things really work and what's the what's the core of things and 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 what's what's the essence and um, nailing these things in a way that's really 
truthful because i mean it's not really hard to find a brilliant tagline that just sparks emotions or that that sparks people's feelings or gets them to 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 do an action or click a call to action button um if if you don't care for the truth if you just don't mind promising the blues from the sky what's really hard is when you do work that matters to find the essence of that work and capture it in a way that's true to to the things that you care about that resonate well with your audience without all the bullshit do you think uh, i totally agree with everything you're saying but do you think this is happening more with the the events that have happened over the last few years because when i'm speaking to my clients as teams as leaders and as individuals i find that a lot more people are like you said looking for the core the core truth they're peeling back the layers they're de- they're looking deeper and further into themselves and their organizations what what's happened over the last two years that are making people have this mind shift in looking for the core truth in what they are and what they do or they they there might be a couple of things that that happen in parallel i mean certainly these strange times that we all went through and where we had so much more time to reflect on the things that matter to us because we just got disrupted with the things that we normally do and had to just just take a step back they these sort of things certainly took a great part in that but probably we're also in a at a place in at a point in time where we are in a unique position to enable people who have that important story to tell who have found their core truth and actually spread that message in a much easier way than it than it has ever been i mean if we skip back like 40 or 50 years spreading the word about your truth about what you care about was close to impossible for most of us because what you needed to do is to to get into one of the large newspapers or on television one of the shows that reached a reasonably large number of 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 people but that has changed significantly with the rise of the internet where we suddenly had had the whole world at our fingertips but what we and what we first discovered when that that first wave of internet commerce and internet messaging and blogs that that popped up came out was that quickly these these tricks and and cheats started popping up where people were were trying to incentivize people to to just click on that that offer or just go for for this um this um this this honeypot or how how everyone call like to call it but today we recognize with the rise of that social media um, means that that we tap into where where we have lots of friends assembled all over the world that we can reach much more easily people who care for the same things than we do and where we have people who have fallen for these honeypots and these tricks and tell us about that so that there's a there's a much better chance of discovering what's really trustworthy and honest and and where people really care about the things that they that they speak about. Mm, I agree. And it's it's interesting that, and I, I've got a, I was going to mention this in a few questions time, but I might as well jump into it now about technology and how social media and these platforms have almost fast-tracked the way that some organizations now are presenting themselves to the world in a in an authentic way. I know the word authentic and authenticity is going to come up a lot in this conversation. Um, and with, with social media doing that, but it's funny how it's taken social media. Um, it's, it's making businesses think about themselves in a new way, in a truthful way, when really this should have been happening forever. This should always be happening. Businesses needed to be truthful, truthful, sorry, and honest from day one, from the day they started their business. But so not only now are businesses having to shift, uh, having a digital shift in terms of their communications, into their operations from a digital sense, but they also now need to really look at the core truth of who they are and present themselves. So there's quite a lot for businesses to really be thinking about now to move into the 21st century. So I suppose the question I'd like to ask you is, 
how how do brands find their truth where do they start and then once they you know they find their truth how do they then present that to the world if we if we look at the great movies that we resonate with um it's often because we somehow relate to the people that we observe in that movie we 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 relate to these to these actors and to the persons they impersonate and and so so what happens is that although we look at the hero what we see is ourselves and i feel like great marketing and great communication does the same thing um when a company who is clear about what they stand for and what what matters to them and who communicates true to that core in an authentic manner, then it's them who we look at, but it's us who we see. Um, And in turn, that means that to find that point of attachment where, where the things that matter to the company attach with the uh, attach and are in line with the things that matter to me as their customer in order to find those we need to shift our attention away from the company and towards the customer so start from a perspective of empathy what who who are these people that and what matters to them and why is why is the thing that we produce exactly the thing that that resolves their struggles, that fulfills their desires, so that they are almost mad at us that we haven't shown up a year early, so that they could have resolved that even even earlier. Um, and because what most of the companies still do is that that and, and many marketers still do is that they sort of consider their spot as the hero's podium, where where. Their job is to shine the brightest light upon themselves so that the audience can cheer for them and, 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 and recognize how awesome that achievement is. Um, but that's not why people show up and that's not what they care about at all. Um, they have their own struggles. Ha- they have their own lives. And the, the closer you get to their lives, the more your message will resonate with themselves so so rather than strive for the larger than life fancy sexy sounding slogans that sound sort of creative but when you dig deeper are just just sort of the the, these empty bubbles that that burst as soon as you as you touch them it pays to start looking for for out-of-life stories for the everyday and i guess that's sort of the, the the messaging that you were referring to when you when you spoke about how companies use social media to show more of who they really are those images that tell us more about who are these people so that we then can identify and see these are just like like me it I, i'm one of them they are one of my uh, one of my tribe and so i resonate with them and i care for what they do yeah, I love that. I tell you what was really cool when you talked about, you know, as soon as you said start talking about films and like the main character or the main hero or the main star in a film, I do a lot of work with my clients about archetypes and personality and characteristics. But actually, it's made me think, well, actually, I might twist that now and actually go, now let's talk about film heroes. Like, are you Indiana Jones or... Are you Luke Skywalker? Oh, not even films. You know, yeah. If you're an environmentalist, you, know, you could be David Attenborough, or you know, we could. That's really interesting to look at a, a person and think, well, who are we like? And then beyond that, we look at the customer and who the customer wants to be. Who do who do they want to be? You know, do they want to be Usain Bolt? Do they want to be Gary Vaynerchuk? Or do they want to be a character? Or you know whoever that is and I, I love that like that, that association with people and characteristics and and the and the um the character of someone in a in a film or a program the other thing I was thinking about when you mentioned that um I'm currently watching a series have you ever seen the Sopranos before uh, 
not extensively, but I've seen a couple of clips from. from okay, the show. so I'm aware of, aware of what it's about. So. Okay, so the main character is a is a mobster called Tony Soprano, and it's really interesting. Sopranos because it talks about yeah you know, the mafia and what it's like in the mafia in New Jersey, New York, and, and you know in current times. But they show the complexity of Tony Soprano, this mob boss. And, you know, there's shots of him. He sees a psychiatrist. Then there's shots of him with his team. And then there's shots of him at home with his family. And it's like he has to be all these different people. And because he has to be all these different people and be different characters and different personalities, it causes a huge amount of anxiety and anguish because he can't be all these different people. And I suppose that that reminds me of like businesses in a way. When businesses are trying to be all these different things to their team, their clients, their stakeholders, um, they're never really truly themselves. They're never really truthful. And one of the hardest jobs I have with my clients and working with leadership teams is to ask those important questions like, who are we? What do we want? Again, very, very simple questions, but very, very guarded answers. So when businesses are trying to peel back the layers and find this find these shared beliefs find find these common grounds something that we can all believe in something that really represents who we are it's it's a simple question but actually there's quite a lot of complexity in it and actually this might move me on a little bit to a, a question that i i'd like to or a conversation i'd like to have with you about positioning so i think positioning plays a huge part in inauthenticity because what we do with positioning with a business we're trying to position ourselves in the hearts of minds of a particular audience so we're this we offer this product and it's this solution for this type of person and actually when we focus on the brand and we focus on the product sometimes we can stop focusing on the customer because we're trying to create a territory in someone's mind about who we are so because of positioning, that's when brands and businesses can seem untrustworthy because we're trying to be something we're not. So I suppose it goes back to that question again. How do we stop that from happening? How do we get leaders and leadership teams to have these conversations, to be open and honest and truthful about who we truly are? What questions should they be asking each other? As much as we want that our audience immediately gets the things that, that we want them to get. Um, there's one, one rule which I consider to be rule number one in communication, and that is that the audience is always right. Um, and and so, so if they somehow don't get our spot, they don't get it. And it doesn't matter how much effort went into crafting that fancy sounding tagline that, that we so passionately cheered for in our board boardroom meeting. Um, if, it's, if it's not the position that has an open spot in our audience's minds, um, then we're not going to, 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 um, to own that spot just because we have found that cool slogan that cost us a fortune to develop. Um, so what, what happens a lot is that there is a confusion about that the slick sounding, very uh, super clear statements that we see by um, uh, in those large corporations that we admire, that it's somehow the slickness that, that, that makes them so fascinating and that earns them the spot. But I don't think that's true at all. Um, it's the other way around. They have clarity and the, the actions that they take are in line with that clarity and with, their, with the mission that, that they are on. So that the slogan that they have come up with actually becomes synonymous with their actions. And that's, that's why, it's, why it's so slick. If you, if you take one of the most famous ads of all time with a thousand, pockets in your, a thousand songs in your pockets, there's nothing fancy about that at all. It's just everyday language. It's just, and it solves an everyday problem of, of the customers of that time. Um, so I feel what, 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 what that tells us and what that teaches us 
that it's a mistake to develop our mission, our position, our slogan, our campaign out of a meeting room. Um, it's got to be developed out of the conversations that we have with, our, with the people that we seek to serve. So, because we need to understand them and only if we can give them the feeling that I see you, I feel you, I hear your struggles. And we've done, we've, we've gone to really great lengths to find a solution for that because we believe that this solution not only solves your personal problem, but it changes things for the better for, for sort of a larger group, if not society as a whole. But that, that, that effort can only come from, from, a, from a perspective on understanding what these struggles actually are. So we have to start with listening first. And, and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, there is um, there's a, a, a line on your website that really resonated with me, and it kind of leads on to what you're talking about there. And, you, and you've written, the lack of focus and clarity is the main reason why people don't resonate with a story. So I suppose the question, I think I kind of probably butchered that slightly, but it's kind of on those lines. Um, how do people find more focus and clarity then? How do they rein it in and, and find the core truth? I think I've asked you this question kind of three times and you've kind of answered it, but I kind of really want to go into the detail now because I know you work with a lot of leaders. Yeah. How do you get them to think about these things? Well, first of all, you need guts, the guts to focus. It, it takes guts and it's scary. If, I mean, you're doing such phenomenal work because, precisely because you care for the details. And so it really hurts if you have to let go of all these details in order to focus on, on that particular message that really nails your point. It hurts, um, but it's required work because if you're not doing it, what you're basically saying with, with, with that lack of, of guts to focus is that you're delegating that task to your audience because they will do that work for you. I mean, if you go through, through the streets and see the logo of, of some brand, you have an immediate association in your head. You have an immediate line of thought of that brand. And then that's always short and concise and it's in in your 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 terms and and that's true for for pretty much every communication that we encounter when we've when we've heard a pitch when we've heard, heard you pitch your new product and someone asks us afterwards so what was that pitch about we're not going to repeat a verbatim copy of those 30 slides that you just showed me um, i'm going to have a quick answer and so if we don't have the guts to focus, our audience will do it for us. And we might not be too happy with their choice. Um, if they take that uh, at all and, and don't just dismiss it, well, that was totally confusing. That could, could be an answer as well. And so I think that, that one of the most powerful tools that you can use in order to focus is to get away from the default mode of communication, which to my feeling is sort of, I'm going to just tell you everything I know. And when I'm done, you're going to be convinced. Um, and th that's sort of how most of the pitches that, 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 that I see, see um, out there work. Uh, but of course, that's also how all, most of these pitches fail. Because I mean, who cares for all these details? Who cares for all of your message? So one of the, 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 um, the areas where, where, we were, where I work most intensely on with my clients is to to switch that um, on its head. And rather than talk about everything, force them to commit to one thing, exactly one thing, not a handful of things, not a couple of aspects, but one thing. If there's only one thing that the decision maker who just listened to your pitch would answer to someone who asks them, so what was that pitch about? If there was only one thing that they could um, um, respond and you could choose what that is, what should it be? Mm, and, I love that. Yeah, and in the moment that you do that, a lot of paths open up and a lot of que obvious questions that you need to answer in order to, to find a clear communication that leads toward that phase. 
um, I call that the pass-along phrase, um, that, that the, the thing that you want your audience to take out of your communication and pass along. They will only do that if it boosts their status. They will not, so, and for that, they need to understand it. It does, does need to be relevant. And so it needs to, needs to answer those three questions that any audience has. Oh, really? Can I believe that? Huh? Can I understand that? And thirdly, so what? Why are you telling that to me? And why today? So why does that matter? I, lo I love the fact, yeah, I, lo I love the fact that you're, you're talking about the focus, you know, choosing that one thing and bring that. And, and I think focus is the key here, because when you're working with these types of teams, complex subject areas, complex products, it's very easy to get very product led, solution led and focus on the details of, of, of technical aspects of what we do but i love that focusing on the one thing what what could that one thing be most of the time is it purpose-led is it innovation is it is it culture and the team what 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 would normally that one thing be focused around i think it's 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 a good start to to start thinking about it from your audience's perspective it's audience focused What's the struggle that you solve? What's the desires that, that you speak to that, that, they, that they have? What's the future? I mean, marketing is sort of bringing the future into the present. You, you paint your audience a, 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 a picture of a brighter future, a future where they don't have these struggles, where they have their desires fulfilled. And you try to bring this future into the present so that it becomes so tangible that they want to have that immediately and that it hurts if they had to let it go because they don't decide to start the project with you, to buy your product. Uh, and so I think it pays to really ask yourself, what is the thing that matters most to my audience? How does the thing that I speak about have the most positive impact on my audience's life? Mm. Which could be the customer, which could be my team, uh, which could be... Um, a venture capitalist, which could be my boss, but how does the thing that I want them to approve have the most positive impact on their life? I agree. Um, it's, it's quite interesting, actually, because this subject area is something I've been reading, up, reading about a lot. Because when I speak to leaders, marketers, people that work in communications, there is many many different views and opinions of what is the most important thing in business, in communications, in marketing, in brand. And solution, the customer's solution comes up a lot. It's the, it's the main thing that we think about, the customer's viewpoint, their POV, POV of what matters to them, what do they need, what stresses them out, how do we provide a solution? And there's different terminology for this. Some people might call it proposition or solution but what's quite interesting about this area is i'm reading a lot of the work from christopher lockhead who wrote um play bigger and niche down um, not only does he look at proposition and solution but he's really big into category design so designing a category that you own that kind of is around the solution that you offer so what with with creating a category, it means that you are basically putting your brand and your business into a territory that's designed for your customer, your niche, if you want to. I think we, we used to call it call it your unique selling point, but now it's kind of growing and growing. I think people have got different terminology for it. So once you've created your character uh, category, you almost then sell the category, you sell the problem that people can relate to. It just so happens that your brand, your brand sits in that category. So is that kind of where you're coming from here is that we, we create the, the, the category, we really focus on that. That's what maybe business leaders should be thinking about is looking at the category, looking at the solution, design that, focus on that. And then where does our brand sit in that category? Yeah, taking, I mean, a lot of communication and marketing stops at the solution and, and just communicating what the solution is. And 
this is certainly not a bad place to start, but it falls short of what our audience cares for because they don't care for solutions. And I also actually believe that that, that famous what's in it for me also falls short at that. We're just not all running around just, just comparing benefits and, 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 and having these balance sheets where we compare, oh, do I, do I get more out of this and then that than, than what I pay for? Um, but, but, well, it happens to be that we're not these rational people who are just evaluating choices all the time. We are those emotional beings who happen to be able to rationalize our decisions. And so what we need to do is to take the solution that we develop um, and, and tell the, story, the whole story of how that solution is a part of, of the journey from the struggles that our customers have today to that brighter future that they're going to experience to, with our solutions. Mm. And better even to start developing that solution from that, uh, from that journey by understanding what does, what does that journey look like so that we can develop exactly the solution for these things and are then in a position that all we need to do is basically tell a true story about this. And because we are the ones who care more than anyone else about this particular struggle and, and develop a solution that makes this particular journey so satisfying. We care more about that than anyone else. All we need to do is tell a true story about that journey. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. That's amazing. Um, we mention a lot when we have these conversations about connection, you know, the connection between ourselves, with our audiences, with our customers, the connection that they have between us and what we offer and why we choose to serve them. And the, the, the connectivity thing is a big thing. And I actually, I, in terms of terminology, I think a, a, a brand as a community and in that is part of a community, not a community, but part of a community. And within that community is the connectedness that they have with that business, their product, the solution, the culture. So it's the connection. And I, I've been looking at this kind of connectivity, understanding what the connectivity is. And it's interesting that you talk about the, the lack of focus and clarity is the main reason why people don't resonate with a story. So I feel like the connection is the connection between truth, image, and story, the message. But actually, what the glue is between that, we could look at something like character. And I saw online a really great um, rationale of what character is. And it's the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. But if we were to say brand character, we could say the mental and moral qualities distinctive to a brand. And I, th I think it's the character is the glue between truth, image, and story. Because unless we know our true character, we, knew our, we know our true guiding principles or our foundational values, and we're transparent about them, we'll never know a brand's true character. So I suppose that a question here is, how, how, do, we, how do we find our true character? Maybe from an individual point of view, from a from a business, how do we find that transparency? Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to find something that works, um, um, which might not necessarily be the things that we love to do. Um, it's also easy to find the things that we love to do, at least for for many of us. But that doesn't really mean that that resonates with, with anyone. So the real challenge here seems to be to find that 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 overlap of what are the things that we love to do that have the biggest impact on, 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 on other people's lives. And I feel that that, that last part is, is really key to, to finding that. Because, I mean, when we start out as a teenager or getting out of college or university, then, then we, we have learned that we need to pursue these goals. And these are often out, outwards focus that, that we see that the, the these shiny goals that we want to achieve but at some point in part because we see that well halfway there we see that other shiny goal that that might as well be uh, quite quite great to, to achieve and so so all these goals uh, pop up and we, we we try to to achieve those and, and and which gets us to that point where we realize well 
what we actually need to do is to focus into the inner goal. So, so what is it that really matters to us so that once we realize that it might feel slower at first, but, but then from a position of really understanding what matters to us personally, what are the values that, that matter to us, we can go so much faster. But when we really dig deep, deep here, we discover that the, that the things that satisfy, that are most satisfying about that, the, 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 the things that really matter most to most people, at least in my experience, are the things where we have an impact and, and, and hopefully a positive impact on other people's lives. So th this is, I feel, the, the area we, sh we should focus on. So what are the things that we love to do that have the most positive impact on other people's lives? And, and if we focus on this thing and tell true stories about this, what matters to us and how it impacts or hopefully has already impacted other people's lives. It's, it's almost guaranteed that the, these stories will resonate with other people. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because actually that really reflects onto two kind of concepts. One of them is almost a philosophy that I've read about and look into. And the first one is Ikigai, which is if we think of Ikigai, you know, what do you love doing? What are you good at? What can you be paid for? And what does the world need? And I suppose a simpler version that actually is um, works better with organizations is the hedgehog concept, which is uh, in a book by Jim Collins, which is called Good to Great. And one of the these three areas, it's kind of almost look at it like a Venn diagram is what are we truly passionate about? Um, what can we what can we do to change the world you know what can we do to make a difference and something that has an economic engine i hope i think that's right so those are kind of three concepts almost or three areas that businesses can look at like what we all truly passionate about um what can we do to make a difference and be the best at and where's the economic engine in that and it's very similar to what you've said and i think and and that's great because you know any leader business owners or startups or anyone that works in any kind of leadership that's listening to this podcast or watching this video, I would refer them back to what you've just said, but to those two concepts or the philosophy, the philosophy of Ikigai and the hedgehog concept from the book, Good to Great, which is an awesome book. Um, Michael, I want to know a bit more about you because we've obviously never met in real life. And, um, and, I, and it was interesting at the beginning of this conversation, you talked about that you're a bit of a geek and you come from a research, maybe academic background. So talk me through some key milestones in your career and how you've arrived at this point of being a, a consultant and strategist. How did it all pan out? Well, well the that could turn out to, to be a rather long story if you really <laughs> really want to know every, about, about all, all the pivots that, that I took well if you asked my teenage self um, he would have told you that that I would be a professional guitarist by by now and um, so I spent most of my teenage years practicing to get these tunes right and, and play play the guitar well um, but but at some point I had well the pleasure of having a really brilliant physics teacher in my school who really sparked a flame in, in, in us, uh, not only me, but, but actually a couple of, of my classmates as well. Um, so that, that we figured that it might be really cool to figure out how the world works. Um, and so I was really on track to becoming a physicist uh, at, at that moment until about three weeks before university started at which day I took a tour through a, to a, through a physics institute. <laughs> And I came back from that tour and decided that that certainly wasn't going to be the career that I wanted to, to do for the rest of my life. So I pretty much ditched that plan at, at that time, because although I have the greatest respect and I totally admire the, the results, I mean, just this week, the Nobel Prizes have been announced. And it always blows my mind to see the, 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 how deep these, these findings go and how much they impact the world. But I just didn't see myself in that, that position. So my, my best friend at that time just suggested, why not become a computer scientist? And that, that really resonated with me. It was the new economy bubble at back then, so it was really, it seemed really a way to to, to have something that 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 has an impact as well as 
is fun to do. Um, and I enjoyed it so much, in fact, that I did a PhD in mobile communication, went on to, to, to continue that research at the Fraunhofer Institute, um, which, which is quite a large um, research institute here in Germany. Um, but I, over time, got so frustrated with all these great ideas who have been thrown into trash bin because they were, weren't communicated properly. I mean, there's, there's, there's a room full, imagine the, these meeting rooms or even a large conference where you have these brilliant people, all experts in, they, in their field, and they don't even get a word about what that person in front of them is talking about. Um, and it might be the, the most brilliant idea, but because it wasn't communicated in a concise and focused way, using plain and clear language, the brilliance wasn't visible. And so I started looking um, for, for, for better ways, started reading blogs and books, and just started doing things differently. And the feedback was great. And so I felt encouraged to start writing about that, writing my blog. And that's where the first customer, some at some point, they just reached out and wanted wanted me to consult him. And so I think some 10 years back or so, um, I turned that career over and, and do, I'm doing that full time since then. Amazing. Um, and so just to talk about another book, I don't know if you've read the book by David Epstein called Range. And it sounds quite interesting that, you know, that you obviously were a musician and then you moved into computer science and then moved into communications. And in this book, Range, it talks about how certain professionals and uh, and successful people have actually got to where they've been because they've adopted different types of skills and moved into other industries and talks about Van Gogh and it talks about um, Roger, Roger Federer and all sorts of people. Really interesting book. But they, he talks about that learning skills and working in different areas is almost like a tapestry like you you have a tapestry of skills and ideas that leads you into your area your territory your skill set and it's interesting how you've you've worked in other industries you've been in academia and you've been creative as well and you've taken all of these things and and then you you bring them into what you do now which is working as a consultant and a strategist in communications and you work with leaders but the i suppose the creative side of you i bet that's still there because if you worked in music and you played guitar obviously you would have been involved in songs and songwriters are the best storytellers uh, and it, and the you know the, the framework of a story uh, of telling a story it's all there in music and do you use any of those skills from your creative side in in what you do now well i sure hope that, that 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 shines through at points um i was actually asking myself these questions quite a bit and i re remember the early days when i was uh, was doing consulting work in, in, in that communications era that i sort of shied away from mentioning this earlier side of of, of myself because well really computer scientists don't have really the image of being these great communicators. So, so, so I always thought that that would probably be something that, that people face with, with a bit of skepticism. But um, I, I happen to, to, to realize that that's not true at all, that people actually are quite, quite astonished when, when they hear about these different backgrounds. And I feel that those two sides bring together two sides that are of tremendous value in the work that I do. First, this, this really analytical mind that, that, I mean, one of the major tasks a computer scientist does is to break problems down into manageable pieces and to really find the core of what's the most important thing that we need to solve. Um, the, the, that analytical mind with that totally emotional side of music where you can just turn up the volume on your, on your amplifier and just hammer those tunes out that, that re reflect the mood that you're in and that that just by listening to to that can spark a whole lot a whole range of emotions in in the people who, who pay attention without you even having to say a word so so that 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 this um this combination of analytical perspective with emotional understanding of of that that there is a that there are both sides to a human, that they are that these are of tremendous value in developing and, and, and encouraging the people that I work with to, to, to let both of these sides shine through in their work so that they can resonate even better with the people that they address. 
I love it that you, how you talk about communications, that there's this balancing act between emotion and analytical kind of, you know, perspective on things. I, I've say, I often say that in marketing and in brand, that it's this kind of balance between magic and science or alchemy and data, you know, there's this balancing act. And I, and I love that we work and practice in these areas because if it was all analytics you know ai would just eventually take over and we wouldn't you would need to do anything we could just speak to a computer and they tell us what to do but i love the fact that it doesn't work that way you know there's so much of what we do and how we connect with people and how we tell people about what we do and and, and tell our story that these things come from the heart. They come from a higher plane. They, they, you know, they are emotional and there is a level of alchemy. We can't, there is no combination. There's no recipe for these things. And we find our story by thinking and being creative and having conversations and having white space in our lives for these things to happen and for us to digest them. Um, and I, I find that the exploration of our work and I always say that a strategist does their best work not at work I often find that I find my truth and I find my solutions and, and I find my creativity when I'm not at work when I'm out walking or running or in the shower you know these are the when the ideas come in when we have white space in our lives and I and I just find that so interesting um in terms of your in terms of the way that you promote yourself one of the things I found with with your platform is it's all really nicely designed. It's all, everything's really considered and thought about, but not only from the pictures, but the language that you use. Um, I'd kind of like to dive into that really. How do you, how do you craft your, me your message? How do you create your communications? Where does that come from? Because there's, there's obviously a lot of time that's been put into what you do. Well, that, that, that's a great question to ask. Um, um, well, I, I tend to have a notebook ready with me all the time, um, either electronically or, or sometimes like, like I have just now um, a pen and paper, um, where I try to note things down that, that, that catch my attention, to not just appreciate the moment, but after the moment has passed, reflect on what made me just stop, what made me what, what made my jaw drop? Uh, what made me feel that, that, that moment of joy? And what, what did that person do? Uh, but also consider the um, consider the moments that that make me stop because I think well that that was strange uh, why didn't that work out the way that that it should be so why is do, do things like that always go wrong um, and then of course try to read read uh, and consume a lot so so that that you you see 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 things also taking a walk and and, and and having conversations with people and then when you, when you try to connect the dots, and sit there and, and, and recognize something. I, of course, try to eat my own medicine so, so that I try to ask myself, so what's the point of that, that post that I'm, I'm just writing? And, and why, why would people care for that specific thing? Um, and so it actually, if you, if you would look at my, at my writing program, um, I, I happen to write in a, in a, in a tool that's called Ulysses, um, which is a very down-to-earth way of, of, of doing things, just plain text, no fancy um, 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 layouting there, just writing. So I always start with it. If, if you took a look at that, you would find that there's a tremendous amount of articles that haven't been finished yet um, because I haven't found that perfect point of coherence that, that this thought leads to or where I just haven't found a good way to start into that thought. And so it might just be that I come back to that half a year, but it, it might also happen that some of those never see the light of day. Um, but well, I think it's a combination of going through the world with open eyes, eat and eating my own medicine and trying to connect the dots and highlight those things, which I have the impression that might be of interest to others. Mm -hmm. And do you do all your own design as well? Because all the designs really, as a, a graphic designer and someone I, I, I love identity design, do you do all that yourself as well? Actually, I do, yes. It's amazing. Brilliant. Thanks. So anyone that's listening to this on the Brand Master Flash podcast, 
Michael also has its has his own podcast, very different format to this kind of format. You kind of do these short one to three minute kind of little pieces, little nuggets, these little um, snackable bits of intel and 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 creativity and kind of almost like some of them almost spoken word. How do they come about then? How do you write these? Where do they? How did that start? Well, actually, if you follow both of my uh, both of my um, publishing um, outlets, the blog and the podcast, you will rec- come to recognize that the podcast is essentially sort of the best of the blog, um, where I pick pick the, the the thoughts that I have written about in my blog, and sometimes edit them a bit to to fit into that spoken format a bit a little bit better, uh, and just speak about that in 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 spoken uh, spoken words so so these are actually often similar thoughts and, and it's sort of you can, it's probably best to think of think about and um, of as the best of the block amazing well we've come to the end of the show i can't believe it's this time's just gone absolutely fast anyone that's listening or watching this where would you like to obviously we've mentioned about the blog and the podcast where would you like to send them what what have you got going on at the moment yeah of course, you can, can just head over to my website, michaelgerhards.com. That's G-E-R-H-A-R-Z, one word, michaelgerhards.com, where you're, where you're directed to both the blog and the podcast. Um, but if you're particularly interested in finding that true core of your message, the truthful message that, that truly stands for who you are and, and resonates with your audience, I invite you to head over to, um, um, to michaelgerhards.com slash brandmasterflesh. Um, where you can um, can find a couple of insights into just doing that. You can subscribe to to a small email series where where I give you um, a couple of tips that each provide you with a concrete step towards finding that core self. Amazing, and I'll put that information in the show notes, and I'll also put it in the comment on whatever platform or video platform that people are watching this on. But Michael, thank you so much for your time. It's been really super interesting. Um, It's been great talking. There's so many overlaps for the work that we both do. And hopefully soon we'll catch up again. That will be a real pleasure. It's been great to have that conversation. Thanks for inviting me, John. Cheers. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that talk. As you can hear and see, Michael is a a really inspiring guy. His content is amazing. Do go onto his website and read his blog and listen to his podcast. As he mentioned there in the in the talk that he he will set up a promotional page and a, a really good offer on there. So I'll put that in the show notes and I'll also add it into the comments of the video that you're watching, whatever platform you're watching this on. I'll put it into the comments in there as well. But as always, be useful, be kind, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.